Section 26 of the Underground Railroad, Part 5. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Dore. The Underground Railroad, Part 5, by William Still. Section 26. Portraits and Sketches. George Corson. Was born in Plymouth Township, Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, January 24, 1803. He was the son of Joseph and Hannah Corson. He was married January 24, 1832, to Martha, daughter of Samuel and Susanna Malsby. There were perhaps few more devoted men than George Corson to the interests of the oppressed everywhere. The slave, fleeting from his master, ever found a home with him and felt while there that no slave hunter would get him away until every means of protection should fail. He was ever ready to send his horse and carriage to convey them on the road to Canada, or elsewhere towards freedom. His home was always open to entertain the anti-slavery advocates, and being warmly supported in the cause by his excellent wife. Everything which they could do to make their guests comfortable was done. The Burleys, J. Miller McKim, Miss Mary McGrew, F. Douglas, and others will not soon forget that hospitable home. It is to be regretted that he died before the emancipation of the slaves, which he had so long labored for, arrived. In this connection, it may not be improper to state that simultaneously, with his labors in the anti-slavery cause, he was also laboring with zeal in the cause of temperance. Of his efforts in that direction through nearly thirty years, our space will not allow us to speak. His life and labors were a daily protest against the traffic of rum. There is also another phase of his character which should be mentioned. Whenever he saw animals abused, horses beaten, he instantly interfered, often at great risk of personal harm from the brutal drivers about the lime quarries and iron ore diggings. So firm, so determined was he, that the cruelest ruffian felt that he must yield or confront the law. Take him all for all, there will rarely be found in one man more universal benevolence and justice than was possessed by the subject of this notice. Hiram Corson, brother of the subject of this sketch, and a faithful co-laborer in the cause, in response to a request that he would furnish a reminiscence touching his brother's agency in assisting fugitives, wrote as follows. November 1, 1871. Dear Robert, William Still wishes some account of the case of the Negro slave taken from our neighborhood some years ago, after an attempt by my brother George to release him, about thirty years ago. George had been on a visit to our brother Charles, living at the fork of the Skipack and Perkyoman Creeks, in this county, and on his return late in the afternoon, while coming along an obscure road, not the main direct road, he came up to a man on horseback, who was followed at a distance of a few feet by a colored man with a rope tied around his neck and the other end held by the person on horseback. George had had experience with those slave drivers before, as in the case of John and James Lewis, and withal had become deeply interested in the anti-slavery cause. He therefore inquired of the mounted man what the other had done that he was to be thus treated. He quietly remarked that he was his slave and had run away. He then asked by what authority he held him. He said by warrant from Esquire Vanderslice, Indignant at this great outrage, my brother hurried on to Norristown and waited his arrival, with the process to arrest him. The slave-master, confident in his rights, bold in the country of those pretended freemen, who were ever ready to kiss the rod of slavery, came slowly riding into Norristown just before sunset, with the rope still fast to the slave's neck. 
he was immediately taken before a justice of the peace whose name i do not now remember the people gathered around anxious inquiries were made as to the person who had the audacity to question the right of this quiet peaceable man to do with his slave as he pleased great scorn was expressed for the busy abolitionists much sympathy given to the abused slave owner it was soon decided by the aid of a volunteer lawyer whose sons have since fought the battle for freedom that the slave owner had a right to take his slave wherever and in whatever way he pleased through the country and not only that but at his call for help it was the bounden duty of every man called upon to aid him and the person who had the audacity to stop him was threatened with punishment but george's blood was up so pained was he at the sight of a man a poor man a helpless man being dragged through from pennsylvania with a halter around his neck that amidst the jeers and insults of the debased crowd he denounced slavery its aiders and abettors in tones of scorn and loathing but the man-thief was left with his prey through the advice of those who stood by the slave laws and who knelt before the slave power as personified by that hunter of slaves the rope was taken from the neck and the man guarded while the master regaled himself that night he disappeared with his man i can also give a few particulars of the escape of the gorsuch murders from norristown on their way to canada there should be a portrait of daniel ross and a history of his labors during twenty or more years hundreds were entertained in his humble home and it was in his home that the gorsuch murderer was secreted he must not be left out i can also get the whole history escape capture trial conviction and redemption of james and john lewis and one other they were captured here within sight of our house george corson esq published it all about ten years ago respectfully robert r corson hiram corson end of section twenty six